Hello and welcome to this broadcast of Black Talk Radio News with Scotty Reed. In this episode, I will be speaking to legendary black radio host, Mr. Bob Law, who is the chairman of the National Black Leadership Alliance, which recently issued a press release calling for a new code of behavior in the black community. But before we get Mr. Law on the phone and speak with him about this new initiative by the National Black Leadership Alliance. I wanted to share this very troubling story that is related to uh, the types of behaviors um, that are destroying many individuals in our community and therefore destroying our community. But we had a sad story about an aspiring rapper by the name of Young QC, who has been sentenced to 99 years in prison for paying a hitman to kill his mother. Yes, matricide. I will share a little bit of some excerpts from the article which was published by the New York Daily News. Kwame Wilson, an inspiring rapper who used the moniker Young QC, was found guilty of murder last March in connection with the death of his mom, Yolanda Holmes, the Chicago Sun-Times reported. The word is matricide, meaning murder of one's own mother, said Stanley Sachs, a Cook County judge. Wilson was accused of hiring Eugene Spencer to kill his mother, Mrs. Holmes. Spencer allegedly shot Holmes in 2012 inside her apartment in the Uptown neighborhood and left her boyfriend unconscious, according to the newspaper. He also reportedly stabbed Holmes after Wilson told her over the phone to make sure the bee is dead. Now, Spencer, who was also found guilty of murder in March, was ordered Friday to 100 years behind bars. Following his mother's death, Wilson allegedly took money out of her bank account, Whatever he wanted, his mother gave to him, Sachs said Friday. A car, a job, one could say she, he was spoiled. She gave Kwame life, and it was his choice to take it away from her. On Friday, Wilson told the court that nobody loved my mother more than me. Wilson is now 30. He was 23 at the time of his mother's death. Very tragic story, and I think it intersects with what we will be speaking to Mr. Bob Law about, uh, these codes of behavior and these mind viruses that are promoted through rap music. Now, I did not take an opportunity to look up Young MC's lyrics, um, but it is just a shame that, you know, we get a lot of this bad behavior or programming uh, coming from many of our young black men and women who get, go into the rap industry, which isn't controlled by African-descendant people, but controlled by Caucasians. So let's go ahead and transition and speak to Mr. Bob Law, who is joining us today, representing the National Black Leadership Alliance. Greetings to you, Mr. Law, and thank you for joining us today on Black Talk Radio News to discuss uh, a new code of conduct, and thank you again for, for being with us today. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Now, a press release, uh, I want to talk to you about this initiative 
um, that was forwarded to me, and it's a press release by the National Black Leadership Alliance, and it has a code of conduct. Um, and so before I pull up some bullet points, because I picked out three bullet points in the code that really resonate with me, all of them resonate with me, but what really stuck out in this format. Um, but first, I just want to give the um, read a brief introduction before the code and get you to expand on it a little bit. So the press release from the National Black Leadership Alliance starts off by saying our culture and legacies passed down by our forebearers shape our behavior and our patterns of achievement in a most significant way. Understanding this, we will read and study the writings of our great ancestors in order to gain a greater understanding of what's at stake and to know what we must do as black men and black women. Um, you know, hopefully a lot of people's getting a lot of reading done as many people around the nation during this COVID-19 pandemic are under stay at home orders. I know I've taken the time to uh, crack open some books that I had been putting off, but um, is there any specific authors or reading list that you could recommend in order? Cause a lot of people, you you probably wouldn't be surprised, but you talk to people on the street, you might mention somebody like Sojourner Truth, and they'll be like, who? Sojourner who? So, I mean, who, who what um, books would you recommend off the top of your head? Well, it is hard to come off the top of your head with where people should start. So much wisdom has been shared, been written. Dr. Benjamin Mays would be a good place to start. Um, uh, there, there are other people, um, uh, Du Bois, Kwame Nkrumah, uh, you know, there's the, uh, Emma Kalkoprao. There's There are a lot of books, and then there are books by um, that address our contemporary reality written right up from our generation. So there are books by Taki Matabuti, you know, that uh, an understanding of where we are and what we're dealing with and the power of our cultural legacy is in a, uh, an essay called And Shine Swam On, written by Larry Neal in the anthology called Black Fire. And in fact, that anthology, Black Fire, is also a good place to start. But the, the, uh, the information goes all the way back uh, to our, our ancient legacy. And so, you know, we, we have these sayings that the old folk used to say. But a lot of those things that the old folk used to say came out of a, uh, a cultural uh, legacy. Or, or passed down passed, through an oral history, passed, would you say? Right, passed down from generation to generation quite deliberately. You know, so that is one place where people can, there's, there, there's just so much wisdom, it's hard to say where to start. But uh, if, if um, I would say Dr. Benjamin Mays is a good place to start, uh, the, uh, the, the, the voices of the black consciousness movement, Hakeem Adabuti and Sonia Sanchez and Askia uh, Muhammad today, you know, a lot of those people are, are good. The, the voices of the black consciousness movement, Larry Neal, would also be a good place to start. That's why I say that anthology, Black Fire, would also be, uh, I would highly recommend. Well, I would like to make one book recommendation, and it's a personal favorite of mine. Although my parents and 
uh, my community did sow seeds of consciousness into me as a child and as I grew up, you know, as as adolescent. But I wouldn't say I really got on a path to consciousness, which I'm trying to expand every day and, and get to a higher level. But it was Malcolm X biography uh, written by Alex Haley. Um, that really, really uh, put me on a path to uh, understanding my behavior uh, in a system that's practicing racism on a global scale. And I mean, it, it was life changing. I know people say that a lot, but reading that book, uh, Malcolm X's biography and, and by Alex Haley and his transformation and learning later about his transformation, that had the most impact on me. And that's where I, I would say I started. All right, good. Now, the press release goes on to say ancient wisdom teaches that in order to achieve stability and virtue throughout a nation, a community, or within a family, start first with the behavior of the individual. Now, this, this kind of um, reminded me of a song by Michael Jackson, um, The Man in the Mirror, as I was speaking right. with Kwabana earlier. And you think about the visuals of that imagery through through the video, and he, you know, shows footage of the clan um, and, and other individuals. And but ultimately, it does start with us, and that's what Michael Jackson was, I think, ultimately saying. Uh, I'm starting with the man in the mirror. Would you agree? Yep, uh, he was saying that, and we are saying something that is very much like that. But I'm not saying that you just start with the man in the mirror. You just right. look at yourself. You need some guidance. You, when you start to reshape your own thinking, when you start to develop a code of behavior, you need to be able to draw on the wisdom and the history, the history and the experiences of other people who are part of your cultural legacy. The things that are taught and passed along from generation to generation are really very, very important and are very valuable. And so the a ancient wisdom says that you have to stabilize the individual first. But in order to do that, the individual has to do some study, some discovering, you know, some, uh, n some not on their own, just say from now on, I'm going to change this, I'm going to do this or do that. They need to have some guidance with the kinds of things that they are going to begin to do to uh, empower, stabilize themselves. So it is, it is, yes, you begin with the individual, but we want to try to make it clear that the individual takes on then the responsibility to discover, to learn, and to develop uh, and benefit from the wisdom that is part of our cultural legacy. That's why we, we pointed out that it's ancient wisdom that teaches that in order to achieve stability and virtue throughout a nation, you have to begin with the individual. And it's not just something that we decided at the National Leadership Alliance uh, off the top of our head. So it is Michael Jackson saying, start with the man in the mirror. And we're saying, here's how you start with the man in the mirror. Yeah, and I interpret it as an individual. The individual must make a conscious decision to change their behavior if they recognize their behavior is detrimental. But I understand uh, your expanded point, and then they will need the proper mentors in, in, in order, you know, to be on a uh, path of positivity or a path that's uh, going to be fruitful. Now, let's jump to... to um, 
some of the points in, in the code. Um, and I, these particularly stood out to me. It's just three of them, but um, I kind of tied one of them, this next one, to a recent story that I actually uh, reported on an inspiring rapper hires a hitman to kill his mother. He was just sentenced to 99 years. So, But in the code that uh, the National Black Leadership Alliance advanced, it says, be worthy of your mother's love. Don't let her love, love you only because you're her child. Let your life be one of dignity and self-respect. Make your life something of which your mother could be proud. And, you know, there are a lot of people, I feel, you know, in our society who, who really don't care what anyone else thinks. And it's a shame that they don't even care what their mother thinks. It's like they don't care about their mother being embarrassed and having people think that she raised you a certain way when she tried to instill a cold into you, but you know, um, you decided to go a, a, a more negative route. So I, re I really like that one. You know, would you like to expand upon, you know, being worthy of our mother's love as black men? Mothers will love you no matter what. Right. Uh, you remember a slice going back to the old, the old school music, slice stone had a song called family affair. And, and the part of the lyrics said, uh, one, uh, one child loves to learn, the other one loves to burn. Mother loves, but mom loves both of them. And the, uh, uh, see, mothers will love you because you're her child. And there are many people who settle for that. They don't give their mother anything more than that. So, and, and, there, and I've been in, in conversations with uh, teachers, for instance, and parents, where the little boy in one school, little boy was a troublemaker. He lied a lot. He was he was disruptive, and his mother came up to the school and his mother said that my son said he didn't do it. So if he said he didn't do it, then he didn't do it because my son doesn't lie. And I know from being in there with him, the boy lies all the time. And he said, but and he certainly wouldn't lie to me. He lies to his mother regularly, but but his mother is not holding him accountable she's loving him because she's his she's his mother it's like joanza kenjufu said some years ago that uh mothers tend to raise their daughters and love their sons and they let and, and so there are some brothers and sisters there are people who take advantage of the fact that their mother loves them regardless of how shabby they are right and 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 they are they settle for uh, giving their mother nothing to be proud of, and and they don't think it. They don't even concern themselves with uh, developing a life that is one of dignity and integrity. They uh, uh, and they are confident or comfortable with the fact that even though they are stealing from their mother, even though they are bringing uh, destruction into the household, they're selling drugs, they're gang banging. They're endangering their younger brothers and sisters. They're running in the house with people shooting at them. You know, they are, uh, even though they, they, they are not doing anything of any real value, they are uh, comfortable with their mother's love, even though in a very real sense, they have not earned their mother's love. And so we're saying to think about it. Think about giving your mother something that she can hold on to, giving your mother something that she can genuinely be proud of, 
Don't let her love you just because you're her child. Don't let her love you just because you're her drug-addicted, robber, neighborhood robber, gang-banging son or daughter. Don't, let her, don't force her to love you in spite of who you are. Give her something to love you, to love you for because of who you are. Recent shootings in Charlotte, and I highlight this story because, again, we're in the midst of a pandemic, uh, COVID-19, and we're seeing reports that the African-American community and the Hispanic community and the Native American community are, are being hit hard, disproportionately infected, disproportionate um, death rates. And so there was a local story um, about an uptick during this pandemic in Charlotte, which which is has a lot of cases, um, and these these um, stories that they highlighted, the video was shared by the Charlotte Mecklenburg Police Department from some surveillance camera, and two of these resulted from angry angry people who resolved their differences by shooting it out in a residential neighborhood. And, and uh, one of the videos was in a parking lot, a full parking lot that also had, had children. And so, you know, uh, that is why I highlighted this point. Do not try to resolve conflict when angry. Never resolve conflict with violence. Use love and compassion when conflict arises. Speak life. Protect life. Always appreciate the value of black life. And I can tell you, you know, uh, we did do a report and shared those videos. You know, one of the things that came to my mind is these people do not value uh, black life. They do not value the people who live in their community. And one of them, and, and then I'll get your response, one of them was a child custody um, dispute in the street, in the residential neighborhood. And I'm like, I don't, I hope the child was not there. And I hope that the the male was not shooting at his child's mother or, or anyone really we don't want, but I mean, that really like just disturbed me. Um, this is a child custody, so, you know, now this person has been arrested, the father of the child, and now, you know, what kind of time is he going to be able to spend with his child now after that? Your response? It is important always to put all of this in the proper historical and political context. There is a virus. There is a virus that is destroying people all over the world. There's a, but we have, let's be clear. There are two viruses. There's a biological virus called COVID-19, and there's a social virus. And this COVID-19 has revealed the fact that black people are the hardest hit by the virus, which means that black people are the least prepared to survive a virus. Black people are the least prepared to survive an infectious disease. That is the biological virus. Black people are also the least prepared to survive the social vi virus. And the social virus is the, is the condition, the social construct and the, the condition that exists in the black community as well as in the minds of too many black people who have been affected or infected by the social violence, the uh, social virus. That social virus destroys our mindset. And, and, you know, all of the racial inequalities, racial disparities, all of that is real. 
and the uh, lack of, uh, of, of, uh, of opportunity. Historically, black people have, have been the victims of the, we, we are suffering the consequences of the uh, racism in this, in this nation that has denied us education, job, opportunity, um, income, and very much so income, denied us housing, health care, all of that. And as a result of all of the things that are happening to black people on every level, black people have, uh, many black people are emotionally, psychologically affected by that. And, and part of it is, part of that psychological effect is this, this uh, embracing of violence and hatred toward ourselves. And so you've got, then you have the music, you've got the people who, who are always den denouncing black people in their songs and using the N-word and calling for the killing of, of uh, and raping of women and making it sound as though all of this is uh, plausible. You know, the, the, and so as a result, you have black people who have no sense of value. They don't value themselves. They don't value their children. But they have been targeted by the social virus. The, the, the social virus has conditioned out their minds so that they are very vulnerable to these toxic ideas and self-hatred. So we, we, we have to always understand where it comes from. It's not just errors in judgment on our part. However, what we're saying with this code of conduct is that even though we are not responsible for the condition of our people, capitalism, racism, uh, racial inequalities and, and disparities, uh, social policy, the social construct, that is responsible for the conditions in the black community. However, it is our responsibility to change those conditions. The, the, uh, the policymakers, the power brokers, are not going to take any meaningful, effective steps to repair the damage that racism has done since slavery. Therefore, it is insufficient for us to point out who the enemy is, where it came from, the history of it, and point out that that is the reason that our people suffer. We've got to go, we have to do that in order to make it clear to our people what we are up against. But as we do that, we have a real responsibility to continue to move it forward and begin to take the steps to change our behavior and change the condition of our people. So we do the code of behavior because one of the things that was clear to us is that the only code of behavior that is now prevalent in the black community is the code of behavior that comes from white supremacy and, and the people who hate us. So we've got a code. We've got things in the black community that, that says things like snitches get uh, stitches. So d don't snitch, you know. Uh, we've got a code of behavior that says when people com commit a crime, uh, don't, don't report it, don't turn them in. When um, they, there are people who talk about they beat up women and say that the woman disrespected me. And so the code of behavior says you do not tolerate what you, whatever you consider disrespect on the part of a woman 
and if and if you think you've been disrespected, you should beat her up. Those that that's the gangster code of behavior. But that code of behavior, while it is prevalent in the black community, it was not our idea. And and what's missing in a, in this struggle is our being able to put our values out into the marketplace of ideas. The code of behavior, this is what we believe. These are the values that we believe in, and we're offering this code of behavior, and people can make adjustments and, and add others if they like, but we're, we're offering this code of behavior because we, we are a community that really needs to seriously re-examine our behavior, and, and, that, and, and at the point where we are responsible, at the level at which we're, we have the power to make the change, we have to make that change. We have, uh, a mistake that we have been making, I believe, is that even where we have the power to make the change, we have not bothered to do so because we have been waiting for uh, white supremacy to give in or surrender or make some adjustment. And, and, and that's really uh, not, uh, I, don't, I won't say it's never going to happen, but it hasn't happened in more than 300 years. And it's like, what, why? So we don't want to continue to just struggle. Uh, we have a need to struggle against injustice, but we also have a need to take up the responsibility that we are uh, able to take control of and, 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 uh, and so that we will move away from just trying. See, one of the things that we do when we look at uh, the black community and we look at the conditions in the black community, if we look at poor people, for instance, we will move to uh, make being poor a little easier. See, so we've got, we'll be working toward affordable housing for poor people and uh, food pantries and food clothing giveaways. You know, we, we'll work to try and make it, a, we, we can make it a little easier for poor people to exist. And now there are social service organizations like churches and maybe fraternities and sororities, and that's what they should do uh, because we need to help relieve the burden on people. But the political organizations, have, a, uh, have a, a different challenge, and that is not to make being poor easier, but to change the condition of the people, take them out of poverty. To eliminate so that, poverty, yes. And so that they, instead of working on affordable housing for poor people, what, what kind of things are necessary to take people up out of poverty so they can afford whatever house they want? Right. It is to change the condition of the people, not to protest the condition only, and certainly not to make the condition a little easier to live with, our responsibility is to change the condition of our people. So we didn't create the condition, but it is our responsibility to change the condition. Now, the last last point that I wanted to bring up, and for the listeners of the podcast or those viewing the video, um, you will be able to see the press release in its entirety. We will uh, make a copy of that available uh, once everything gets published. Uh, but the last point I want to bring up from this new code of, of behavior, respect yourself. Don't allow negative, unhealthy ideals into your head. And, and a note that I wrote uh, upon reading that is negative, unhealthy thoughts can and do come from negative and unhealthy images transmitted via mass media, as in the radio, television, and cable stations. Um, I think it's pretty pretty much uh, science 
um, you know, that this occurs. So, and that's also a spirit, something spiritually that I practice, something my mother, one of the lessons she always taught me was, you know, uh, don't think, think on negative things people may say about you or, you know, uh, um, any images that come into your your head that is that is contrary you know to uh, a good a good living you want to reject those right away and i think this is a big part of the problem is you know of course um like brother kwabana works with clear the airways project is the airways is is the mass of uh, delivery system you know for this this social virus through music the it is very important to understand what respect yourself actually means. Because if you respect yourself, truly respect yourself, then you will not allow toxic ideas into your head. You won't allow dead food into your body. You won't have, uh, you won't order those supersized sugary shakes from the fast food joints, knowing that it gives you diabetes, knowing that it contributes to uh, uh, high blood pressure and obesity. If you respect yourself, it would be impossible for anybody to sell you a bad idea or bad food. The the um, uh, one of the things that that we've seen with this uh, COVID nineteen is how black people. One of the reasons black people are affected the most or hit the hardest is because black people have the weakest immune system. Black people have the most uh, compromised uh, health. And, and the reason, and for all of the reasons of being denied adequate health care and health facilities and all of that is true, but also because we continue to do things, and it's not that we continue to do things only, but the toxic food, for instance, is studies have pointed out year after year that the fast food industry targets black consumers for the consumption of unhealthy food that causes high blood pressure, obesity, diabetes, lung disease, and heart disease. The, the, but they target the black consumer for the consumption of those products. They spend much more money advertising those things to black and brown consumers than they do to whites. They also have different menus that they offer uh, in, in those same fast food places uh, to uh, out in, in white communities, salads that are, uh, that are available. However, they, it, at this most recent study last year, and it's only the most recent, but there have been many others, have pointed out that this is a very deliberate strategy on the part of the fast food people who are, who, who are selling foods that are toxic. Now, if you truly respected yourself, if you understood what it means to respect your body, respect your brain, if you really respect yourself, they couldn't sell you that stuff, right. no matter how cheap they made it. No matter how cheap the nuggets are, and I saw a commercial for something, they're selling some stuff for $3. You know that's not real chicken for $3. You know, so it, but no matter what they offer, no matter how many basketball shootout contests they have, no matter how many gospel music con contests they have, uh, no matter how many 
Black History Month calendars they print, if you respected yourself, they would not be able to sell you bad food or bad ideas. The food and the ideas take advantage of the extent to which we have not fully learned to respect ourselves. I know people who respect their car more than they respect themselves. They might not think so, but there are people who won't let you eat in their car. You might know people like that. You can't eat in the car. You know, they take very good care of the car and they keep it clean. The, 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 uh, the little sign on the gas nozzle says unleaded gasoline only. They have never tried to put high tests in that nozzle because the sign said unleaded only. They respect that sign. They respect those instructions. They respect their car. The same people who are taking that kind of care of their car are smoking, are eating burgers that they know are fake food, are eating pizza, are drinking liquor, are, are doing the, the sign on the side of the cigarette pack says caution. That ought to be enough. Caution. This will kill you. <laughs> you know, people are saying, I got to die sometime. But they don't say that about their car. They don't say, well, the car's going to wear out sometime, so let me abuse it. They, if, if, if they would begin, we're trying to get people to understand what we mean by respect yourself, honor yourself. Consider your body a gift from God. Consider your body a holy temple. And, and you, you, the fact that you are alive is a miracle in itself. And, and that's just like you wake up every day and somebody, something woke you up. Uh, unless the people who died that day just forgot to wake up. But there's something that wakes you up. There's, your body and your health and your life is, is a gift. Now, honor that gift. Honor that life. Appreciate the fact that you are still alive and that all of your organs are working. In. But if you respect yourself, then you don't allow people to uh, say things around you. You don't allow people to disrespect uh, women and children in your presence. You don't disrespect yourself or women and children in your presence. Not if you really respect yourself. And so that re respect yourself is a really important idea to understand. You know, we've had, we have a Respect Yourself Saturday Academy with some teenage uh, sisters and these teenage girls, and they would say um, they were taught to, uh, when, when somebody sees them in the street and they say whatever, they hey, baby, let me talk to you. They tell me that it's not young boys. They say it's grown men who are whispering and saying things to these young girls as they walk by. And they're talking about, come here, baby, let me change your life. So that they said, well, why do you ignore them? Because they've been, did you ignore them because they called you out of your name? They say, no, I didn't ignore him because he called me out of my name. I didn't ignore him because of what he said. I didn't ignore him because he's a treacherous old man. I ignored him because I respect myself. Right. And so you can't talk right. to me like that. You can't expect a response from me. I respect myself much too much to allow somebody to talk to me in a degrading manner. It's because of how much I care about myself. And that's how we, we're trying to preach this respect yourself idea. Right. So, Mr. Bob Law, uh, we have been speaking to is the chairman of the National Black Leadership Alliance. And, again, they just issued a presser. 
uh, titled New Code of Behavior. And, of course, the Blade Talk Radio Network and Blade Talk Radio News um, is sharing that. Mr. Law, any final thoughts you would like to leave with our audience? Well, only that, you know, we're coming, we, we will come out of this epidemic, but it is important that we understand the social epidemic was here before the biological one, this particular biological one. The social epidemic was here. And the social epidemic is waiting for us to come out of the biological one. It, and, and we cannot afford, as a people, we can't come out of this, the biological epidemic and go business as usual right back into the social epidemic. Coming out of this biological epidemic, is it, we are required now to make fundamental changes on every level, how we relate to each other, how we take care of ourselves and our family, how we spend our money, how we, how we use our, our votes, but, but how we spend our money, how we revitalize the economy and the black community using the resources that we have, 2% of our income goes back into our own community. And we are into the trillions. There's trillions of dollars that's already in our hands that is being spent outside of our community, causing other ethnic groups to prosper at our expense. And so we have a need to change all of that, our health habits, everything. And so as these bad ideas continue to come, the bad ideas may, may continue to come. The toxic ideas, the toxic food, all of this may continue to come. But what it has to run into is uh, no appetite. They have to discover that there's no appetite for uh, rape and killing, and there's no appetite for uh, sugary shakes in our community. You know, we've got to, so we've got to make those kind of fundamental, I'm sorry, we have to make those kind of fundamental changes that the, and take control to the extent that, to the full extent that we can, of the steps that are necessary to change the condition of our people. Mr. Bob Law, thank you again for speaking with right. Black Talk Radio News, and you be blessed, sir. All right, now, thank you. Thank you for having me. Mm -hmm.